Hello everybody, and welcome back to Straight Outta Klein 2.0, with me, your host, of course, Joseph Dylan Turl. If I sound a bit on edge, it's for two reasons. One, I'm home alone, and even in my mid-twenties, that still frightens me at night time. I live in the countryside, leave me alone. And secondly, I'm not afraid of mice, but I don't like when mice are near me. And there is a mouse in my room at the moment, which is part of the reason why I'm home alone. So... Hopefully, he won't make an appearance like he did whilst I was watching the United game, which bloody scared the shit out of me. The United game didn't, but the, the mouse did. Uh, again, not afraid of mice, just when you see something run in the corner of your eye and you don't know what it is. It tends to give you a bit of a fright, and I'm quite a jumpy person anyway. But, anyways, regardless of all that, we're back once again in a week that I'm not gonna lie, lads. Oh my god, this week. This has been the most January fucking week. I've hadn't in a while, which would make sense because you only get one January per year. But I don't know, like I've got like I was only saying it to someone recently, I feel like this has been my busiest January yet, and I just think the tiredness has just gotten to me this week. But I'm not complaining. You know, I said I wanted to make 2023 my busiest year, and so far that's going well. I haven't had a chance to fucking scratch my ass lately. It's been it's been a fucking you know, struggle to even get there. But um, this is what I wanted. This was one of the goals I set for this year. Um, you know, I don't like the term New Year's resolution because I just feel like that's a term that gets thrown around a lot and people tend to not stick with them. So I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of going with the flow and, you know, I I'm sticking with my plans. And this isn't just about 2023. This is about beyond as well. So, yeah, uh, that's... That's, it's a good complaint to be to be busy. It really is. But I honestly worried about when I was going to get a chance to record this podcast for this week. And finally, I found a bit of time. And we're going to do it. And I'm looking forward to um, this episode. Because I've got a few new listeners in recent times. And they might have missed some of the stuff that I did before. And one of the things I used to love doing, and these were always the most engaging episodes, were the ones where I would take questions and answer them, and we'd see where we get to with these questions. Sometimes I put up a story on Instagram, and I get people to ask questions from there, and the only reason I'm not doing that now is because, genuinely, I forgot, and it's currently Wednesday as I'm recording this. Obviously it's Friday by the time this goes out, by the time you're all listening to this, but uh, I just didn't have I, I was not going to get a chance to do it after Wednesday let's just say that it's been a busy time lads it's been a busy time between returning to my acting lessons I'm doing jiu-jitsu three times a week I work a full-time job it's just uh it's just it's just hard it's just hard so that's what she said but anyways we're, we're gonna get into the episode now these are some questions I've gathered from different websites as I very nearly <coughs> excuse me lose my voice oh my god you only swallow when it goes down the wrong pipe yeah, that was that was horrible. But anyways, I've got some questions here that I've taken from some different websites, right? And I've put them into a wheel of names, just like we did last week with the uh, random topics where I had five and a half minutes to discuss each one, which was a lot of fun, by the way. Thank you to everyone who suggested a topic. But this week, I've gone with some questions from different websites, and not just any questions. These questions are... So right, without further ado, let's get into these deep AF questions. I've got the wheel of names in front of me here, 
We've got a number of different questions here, which should be good. No time limit or anything. I can talk for as long as I want or need to. Let's see what we get here. First one. It's a pretty deep, pretty deep one. It would want to be. That's the whole point of the show. What's your philosophy in life? Now, this is one I only took on maybe two years ago. And to say it's changed my life is probably an understatement. I think this really changed my mentality when it comes to approaching different challenges. And it's a quote that I heard from one John Kavanagh. You either win or you learn. And when I say that that moment was like, you know, when the light bulb goes off in your head, it just completely changed my mentality when it came to so many different things. I have definitely taken any form of rejection or defeat or just bad moment with a pinch of salt now because I'm always like, look, let's just learn from this. Let's not get too down about this. You know, we'll let, you know, we'll let the sadness wash through and then we will learn from this experience. And it's been such a game changer when it comes to to my life, really. It really has. It's just been something that has made me kind of turn every negative into a positive. I'll give you an example. And this is an example that a few people know about who are quite close to me. But it's something that, uh, you know, I think it could be good for some people to hear this. Because this was one where I battled it for a long time. A very long time. And I feel like now, you know, at this stage of my life, it's the only time where I... This is the first time in my life, would say these last six, seven months, where I've been able to somewhat move past this. So, I used to be really great friends with a certain someone. And the people who know me, or who've known me for long enough, are probably sick of hearing this story, but fuck it, I'm going to tell it anyway. Because, as I said, we've got some new listeners. But I was very close with this girl who I went to school with for... The best part of three, four years. And as time went on, you know, we weren't as close. And, you know, some things happened uh, that I wish didn't happen. Uh, Nothing, like, horrible or anything like that. But, you know, there was, uh, you know, there, there was things that happened which meant that we weren't that close anymore. And we made up for a bit. And it was kind of all right. And then one day... I think a lot of people do know about this story, because I think I told this quite recently. I was on the train with this girl, and everything seemed normal. Everything seemed, you know, fine and dandy, and I remember we hugged and everything. And I remember afterwards thinking, Jesus Christ, like, I feel really good now. I feel fucking fantastic. Like, feels like a long time since me and this person, who I'm not going to name, just had a nice normal conversation. And it had been a while. And then, literally, like two hours later, or an hour and a bit later, I got a text from this person saying, I think it's best if we don't talk anymore. And to say I was gutted was a fucking understatement. It was absolutely just gut-wrenching and heartbreaking. It really was. And, like, I don't think, apart from, like, deaths in a family, I don't think I've ever felt that sad about losing someone... You know, obviously she's not dead, but in terms of a relationship breaking down, 
I'd never been that gutted ever in my life. And I don't think any situation has ever come close. But that, in the long run, has been a good thing. Because I think any other form of, you know, relationship that hasn't gone the way that you'd hoped it would, I've dealt with it a lot better than I did that time. Because back in that, you know, in those days, I dealt with it really badly. This was like the end of 2019. I dealt with it very, very badly. I didn't deal with it well. I didn't deal deal with it well at all the first time we fell out. Didn't deal with it well at all the second time we fell out. And this was, like, probably the one time where I just felt like, is like this is never going to get better. This is never, ever going to get better. And I remember at the end of 2019, I was going into 2020 thinking, Jesus Christ, like, I, a lot of things in my life need to change. Badly. Like, really, really badly. I was 21 going into that year. I, was, I turned 22 in 2020. And, like, I knew, like, this needs to be the year where I turn a lot of things around. And despite a fucking pandemic, I managed to do it. Obviously, that was the year I would have made my Phoenix Wrestling debut as referee. Um, I would have started a little bit of streaming that year. I started my first ever podcast, Joe Turn Rising, back in 2020. God, weren't those uh, interesting times. But I, I, I made a lot of steps forward. And I felt like I became a much better person in terms of, of how I dealt with situations. But it's only now looking back, you know, three years later... I still wasn't dealing with everything correctly. And I remember one of my main motivating factors to, like, you know, achieve those goals and to better myself was in the hope that one day this person that I fell out with would see how well I was doing and maybe that relationship could start again. You know, that we we could give it a... We could give it a... I nearly... I very, very nearly knocked over my mic there. And that scared the fuck out of me. But uh, I thought we could, you know, give it give it another shot for the third time. But you know what I mean. Um, and that was a very, very taxing mental battle to go through. Because I think deep, deep down, I knew that it was wishful thinking at best. That this relationship would ever reform. But... I thought there might have been a glimmer of hope and I was going to hold on to that glimmer of hope for as long as I could. And I didn't reach out to this person at all for the whole of 2020. It wasn't until 2021 where I actually decided to do it. And I remember that's the year I started doing DDP yoga or DDPY. And this this is something I have never, ever disclosed this on any platform. But this will tell you how... Like, I didn't... The way... like I, I, Trust me, there is a point to this whole rant. But the way I just said there that, you know, now I deal with things with you either win or you learn. I remember one time doing DDP yoga and I was absolutely like... You know, not to sound cocky, but I was absolutely killing this workout. This was maybe five, six weeks deep into this workout and I was fucking killing it. And this person was on my mind. It was what, it's what was motivating me. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, we're, we're going to get there. <laughs> and I can laugh about it now, but I wasn't laughing at the time. I did the complete opposite of laughing. I broke down in tears after this workout. Because I think, again, deep, deep down, I knew... I, I just don't think this is going to happen. I don't think we're going to make up. And I remember that moment of just finishing the workout and just... like. Like, when I say, maybe not sobbing, but when I say I bawled my eyes out, quite literally, and I remember saying out loud, 
I still don't think this is enough. I just think this just still isn't enough. And lo and behold, I eventually got to a stage where I built up enough courage to reach out to this person. And it didn't go well. Didn't go well. Wasn't received well. And we haven't spoke since. But it's funny. The first time I dealt with this situation, or the first time you know I fell out with this person, I dealt with the situation terribly. To the point where I ended up in hospital for a little bit of time. The second time, I dealt with it badly and kind of just stopped looking after myself a bit. Relationships with, you know, other people were breaking down. It started to affect, you know, other parts of my life, be it work, you know, home life. Um, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't, like, interested in talking to new people. So I dealt with it really badly. But the third time, I let the sadness wash through. And I just remember saying to myself, well, look, you did everything you could. And let's take this experience. Let's learn from it for anyone that we meet. In the, I say we as if it's two different people. Anyone that I meet in the future. And I feel like now in 2023, when I look back on that time period, and that was a long-winded story, I do apologize. But I can kind of look back and go, you know what? The Dylan now, or Joseph, whatever the fuck you want to call me. I'm going to shoot, brother. Let's use my real name. Uh, Dylan now in 2023. Oh, sorry, Dylan back in 2019, 2020, 2021. You know, looking at Dylan in 2023 would be like, holy shit. We've come a long fucking way. I think if you had told me three, four years ago, I'd be where I am now. I wouldn't have believed it. But thankfully now it's the reality. And that was all down to taking every defeat or rejection or bad moment and turning it into a learning curve so there you go that's my philosophy in life and i feel like i probably rambled on way too much there but fuck it it's my show i get to talk what i want about go fuck yourself if you don't like it i'm joking of course right let's see what the next topic is i told you this was going to be a deep episode let's see what the next one is okay here we go do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? That's a good question. That's a very good one. I'm kind of glad that one came up. So I don't think I'm either exclusively, to be honest. I don't think I'm either one. I think I... If I'm around a bunch of people who I am comfortable with and who I... I don't necessarily have to know them for a long time... But if I am around people who I feel yeah comfortable with, I'll be very extroverted and I'll talk more and I'll I'm the life and soul of the party. You know what I mean? There's there's times where I cannot stop talking, but there are times then where I'll be around people who I don't feel so comfortable, you know, with, and I probably won't speak as much. So I don't think I'm exclusive to either. I don't think I would label myself either. I'm probably more extroverted now than I was when I was eighteen, nineteen years old. But I think that's just kind of a normal uh, thing. Anyway, my cat just closed my door and that scared the fuck out of me. Um, again, I'm home alone. Just, you know, I I don't care how old you are. Being home alone when you live in the countryside, when it's that dark outside, it's still fucking scary. So leave me alone. But yeah, like, it's funny because like I work in a job now where I've been there since what, October? So what's that, three months, four months, whatever it is? November, December, January. Okay, Matt's let me down there. It is three months. Where, like, I can talk to everyone in there 
like I've known them my whole life. And that's really, really cool that, you know, to have that, you know, I've been there like for such a short period of time, but I can be myself around everyone and it doesn't feel weird. It just feels normal. But there were times where I was in jobs for a year and I felt like, not that I was putting on like a fake personality or anything like that, but I just, I wouldn't have been as open about certain things. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have told any of them I had a podcast. I wouldn't have told any of them that I do acting. I wouldn't have told any of them that I am a huge wrestling fan. I wouldn't have told anyone that like, you know, that I train in jujitsu. Like, these are things that I wouldn't have disclosed because I always found it weird to have work life, (coughs) excuse me, carry over into, like, you know, personal life. I was going to say real life, but I suppose work is real life. But, you know, I I I never would have had it bleed over into personal life. Whereas now I'm just kind of like, look, I am who I am. And I think I'm at an age now where if people aren't you know, if people aren't a fan of the way I am and who I am, and that's fine, we just won't talk. Like, no big deal. Whereas before, I think there was always that fear of being judged. And I think it's weird, because, like, my acting coach said this to me. It's like, you know, children have that thing where, like, they can... They have very vivid imaginations. And, like, if a child goes into a box and pretends he's in a spaceship and says he's going to shoot up into the sky, and adults laugh... The child doesn't care. The child won't get embarrassed because it hasn't developed that trait yet where it can get embarrassed. But then the older you get, the more conscious you get. And I think secondary school is one of the worst places for that. Where you're very conscious of what people think of you and it's, you know, you you get worried about being judged. Like, I mean, I hid for a very long time from a lot of people. Like, when I started secondary school, everyone knew I was a wrestling fan. But, like, when I got to the age of 15, 16... I kind of hid it a bit more because I was like, eh, well, like, a lot of these people have kind of, lack for lack of a better term, grown out of it. Um, I haven't. <laughs> I still watch it and I still love it and, you know, it's a big part of who I am. But I hid a lot of that from other people because I was afraid of being judged. Whereas, I, you know, the older I got and the more I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone. And that's another thing I, I can't encourage enough for people is step out of your comfort zone. The more you do that, the less you'll care what people think. And it's not to say that you're not going to give a shit about what anybody thinks. Obviously, the people who are guiding you in a certain direction, they're the people you listen to. And you and you value what they say over what people... Like, I have people online sometimes give me shit for being a wrestling fan. Do I give a fuck? No. I'm not, like, you know, if you have to go onto, you know, social media and berate someone for what one of their interests is like jesus christ like my life is definitely going a lot better than yours is for example i'm not a big cricket fan but you don't see me commenting on all the cricket forums saying what are you watching this boring sport for i don't give a shit if people like cricket they like cricket who cares a lot of people like cars i couldn't give less of a flying fuck about cars but listen if that's your interest good for you you could be into a lot worse things than cars um but to get back to the point of the question i've definitely become more extroverted in like um, the, the more my confidence has grown. Like, I was given one of the nicest compliments ever that somewhat sounded like an insult, but I kind of, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, that actually was a good compliment. It was in the acting world where, I'm not going to name names, but one of my acting coaches said, one of the best things about you, Dylan, is that you're not afraid to make an ass of yourself. 
Now, I could take that one of two ways. I can go, oh, wow, like, that's great that, uh, you know, my co- my confidence is being acknowledged and, you know, I, I, I'm almost leading by example in a way in that regard and showing that, yeah, you've you got to tr- try things and if it doesn't work, whatever, but keep going until something sticks. And in the other sense, I could take it as, okay, well, that means I've made an ass of myself an awful lot and, oh, crap, I should probably stop doing that. But no, that is something that, uh, yeah, I, I think I own that. Like any, I think anyone who's known me for you know a certain amount of time will know that yeah, I'm not afraid to to speak my mind. I'm not afraid to say something that might sound stupid. I'm not afraid to do something that might leave me with egg in my face. Because to go back to the first point, you win or you learn. And sometimes those learn that those learns those lessons <laughs> come from making an ass of yourself. Like it's just the way it is. Sometimes you have to fuck up to learn from it. It's just what it is. That was a very long-winded way of answering that question. But yeah, okay, maybe by answering that, I'm I'm a lot more extroverted than introverted. But I think extroverts still have introverted moments. These words are starting to not sound like words anymore. People who are more talkative have their quiet moments. And quiet people have their loud moments. Some people maybe lean towards one side more than the other but I don't think it's as black and white as some people make it out to be like I know some people who are very quiet around certain groups of people but then when they're around me and you know people who they're close with they're a lot more chatty I think it, I think a lot of it depends on who you're around I told you this was going to be a deep episode and god this is this has been one of the deepest ones I've ever done okay up next oh this is going to be an interesting one Who is your hero? This could go on for fucking ever. But I have have so many. I have so many. And I'm not even... You know what? I'm not even going to talk about wrestlers or or mixed martial artists or footballers or anyone of, you know, a sporting or entertainment or celebrity status. I'm going to talk about a very special person. It's the person who I've adopted my ring slash stage name after. And that's the original Joseph Tarl, my granddad. 100%. And I spoke about this before. I can't remember what episode it was. But there was one episode where I spoke about this. um, Where I was saying that, you know, my granddad died in 2017. And I remember in 2020 when I made my Phoenix Wrestling debut. That was on the 26th of September. Which was two days after granddad's third anniversary. And I was so proud that, like, you know, I got to use his name on a wrestling show just after his anniversary. After, you know, I went through a bit of a rough period in my life, but I was able to turn it around and this was a huge moment and I knew he would have been so proud and that was great. But the more things went on and the more things I achieved, I always battled this form of guilt where I was like, why did I only start doing this now? Yeah, so I was 19 when my granddad died and back then, like I was working in a shop. I wasn't really doing anything majorly special. I dropped out of college earlier that year. You know, like, Grandad didn't get to see a lot of the cool things I would go on to do and that I'm still doing. And that's something that, even now, I I really have to battle it because it's like, oh, like, you know, I'm lucky enough in my life that I haven't lost a lot of people in terms of people passing away. But um, that's, you know, one thing. Like, anyone who 
again, I feel like I've said this like a million times, but anybody who's known me for long enough, and this, like, there's very few people who've known me this long, but, uh, like, from, like, when I was younger, I remember someone said, when it was about, uh, talking about me and my granddad, when you saw one, you saw the other. You know, we were inseparable. We really were. He was a lot more than just a grandfather. And I know, like, a lot of people have relationships like this with, with their grandparents. Like, you know, I live with my grandmother, like, you know, my... You know, who was obviously married to my granddad. Uh, I'm very close up my nan. And, you know, I, I only grew up with one set of grandparents. You know, I didn't know my dad's uh, parents. I didn't meet them till I was 15. But when it comes to, um, you know, my my mother's parents, my, my for me, who I consider my only grandparents, really, at this stage. Um, well, not just at this stage. My whole life, I've considered them, like... Like, for, like you know, there's only two people who I've ever called Nan and Grandad. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you get people, like, even my siblings, uh, because we have different biological fathers, you know, they would call my, the, the Nan and Grandad that we share would be Nan and Grandad, and then they have Grandad Bill, who unfortunately passed away last year, and they have Nana Kenzie, who is my Nan, uh, or my step-Nan, I suppose, to kind of go, you know, technical, over in Wales, who would be their biological Nan. So, like, you know, they have, they've had two sets of grandparents to call Nan and Grandad. I didn't have that. And this might sound weird, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. Because my grandparents were such a huge part of my upbringing, you know. And, yeah, again, I'm going off on a tangent here, but my granddad was definitely 100% my biggest hero. And, and he still is. And, like, I mean, I carry him with me literally everywhere I go. Like, every... Everything I've achieved, every, like, even, like, when I go to an event, I always think about, like, what if he was physically here with me? But even though he's not physically here, I always feel like his presence is there. Like, that, like to go back to the Phoenix Wrestling debut, like, I, like, I don't know what people believe in out there. I don't know, like, when it comes to religion or spirituality, what, whatever people believe in. Like, you know, that's up to the individual. But I really felt a strong presence that day. I really did. Like, that whole day. Not just when the show was on, but before the show, after the show, and definitely during it. It just felt like there was there was uh, another being within me that day. And the only person I could think of was Grandad. That's just the way it was. And, you know, I, I, to go back to what I was saying as well earlier, you know, I have battled that guilt of I wish he was here to see all this. But at the same time, I know he'd be very, very happy to see what I'm doing now. And I, and I do... I do believe that he is seeing it. I do believe that. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's the way I would, uh, that's the way I would answer that question. You know, it is, it is kind of weird talking about this so openly. But if that's how comfortable I feel with these things now. I don't feel like these are a lot of things I would have suppressed for a long time. And these are things I would have opened up to, to people in, you know, in my very close inner circle. But sometimes I feel like it's good to get these things out. You know what I mean? As I said, like, I've, I've been lucky enough to hear people from a few different, you know, areas of my life say that they listen to this show now. And, like, I, I said it to one person, like, I feel like the pressure's on now. Then I was like, no, fuck it. I'm just gonna, you know, these are the type of episodes I would have done before when I kind of, you know, didn't really care who was listening. You know, I knew that, like, two of my best friends listened to it, and, you know, I didn't really know anyone else who did. But now I'm a, a lot more aware of people who do listen to it, and I'm like, fuck it. Who cares? 
who cares? Like, let, let's just, I'll talk about what I want to talk about. That's the way I'll put it. But yeah, biggest hero in life will be my granddad. So, let's see what the next one is. God, that's a really satisfying sound when the wheel goes round. It's really cool. So, up next. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Do you usually stay friends with your exes? Good question. And as a man who has had many an ex, at this stage, I think I've lost count. I think the last... I think I lost count at, like, 507 ex-girlfriends. No, but obviously I'm joking. Uh, see, I haven't had that many ex-girlfriends, you know? Um, one of them is still one of my best friends to this day. And the other two aren't. <laughs> That's the way I'd put that. Uh, one is someone who I... A lot of the stuff I open up about on here after a while is stuff I've already opened up to her about. And everything else... Or everyone else, I should say. Um, not really. <laughs> Let's just say that. But that's the way I put it. Like, you know, I think that every situation is different. You know, some people actually find it mad when they hear that. That, like, your ex-girlfriend is one of your best friends. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she is. Like, it's just, you know. Sometimes that's the way life goes. Like, not everything has to end really badly. And not everything is a case, not everything ends civilly where it's like, oh, you know, we're kind of friends, but, you know, it's, you know, or not friends, we're kind of just acquaintances, we don't really talk. Like, you know, me and, I'll say her name, Ashling, are very, very good friends. And we have stayed very close, and, you know, I, I know, uh, you know, I, I, I would be very friendly with a lot of people in her family. And, like, it's just the way it is. And it's great. But I don't think of her as, like, an ex. Like, I just think of her as one of my best friends who I did date for a little bit. It's just the way it is. And I think that's good. Like, you know, I I don't think it's as uncommon as people think it is. I just think that, you know, if you haven't been through that experience, it might sound weird to some people. But I don't find it weird. Not at all. And because I remember, uh, I can't remember who asked me this. I think it might have been even someone in the wrestling world. I can't really remember, but someone asked me, like, oh, but what if one of you met someone else and, you know, started going out with someone? That has happened. <laughs> that has happened and it hasn't changed anything. You know, it's like, we're friends. That's the way it is. Like, yeah, we had a thing for a bit and that's just the way it is. Like, there's nothing more, nothing less. And it's great, you know? Not everything has to end on bad terms. And I feel like don't really have much else to say about that. So we're going to move on to the next question. Oh, okay. This is something I've kind of already touched on. What was your toughest year? 2019. 2019, without a doubt. Like, I'm probably one of the few people who can say that they preferred 2020 to 2019. Even though 2019 was like the last year of like normality before the world closed down for two years, pretty much. Like, 2019 was, was a rough one. It really was. And... As I say, like, you know, I, I definitely uh, I definitely handled certain situations quite badly uh, during that year. And, but, you know, I, I learned from all of them. But it was, it, it was definitely a tough year. A really tough one. But I think, you know, th like 2016, for example, is a year I used to look back on with a lot of fondness. But I look back on that year now and go, I don't really talk to anyone who I spoke to back then. A lot of goals, ambitions and dreams I had back then are things that I wouldn't consider goals, ambitions, and dreams now. S some of them because I got to achieve them, and other ones because I just went, look, fuck it, this just isn't for me anymore. 
Like, I think in 2016, I thought by now I'd be working for What Culture. I'd be presenting videos for them on YouTube. I'd be best buds with Adam Blampier, which kind of did end up happening in the end because he actually is someone who I managed to develop a bit of a relationship eventually. Uh, Pashiti, Tudel, all, all the boys who obviously are now a cultaholic. Um, I, you know, that's what I thought you know, my goals and, and dreams were. And I thought that, yeah, I want to be a pro wrestler. And like that's that's it. Like nothing else is gonna get is gonna interest me any little bit. But now I'm you know still a huge wrestling fan. But one of the last things I'd want to be as a pro wrestler, <laughs> to be quite honest, as much as I love it, I think I would rather not be a pro wrestler. Um, working for what culture now doesn't appeal to me as much as it probably did back then. And and you know things change. So like even years I look back on with with happy you know memories. You know, it's not necessarily something I want to think about too much. Someone asked me back in the summer, what year would you go back and relive? And I remember saying none of them. I wouldn't go back and relive any year because I live for now. And, you know, I I, I look forward as well. You know, like the past, I can't change. The future, I don't know what's going to happen. So I focus on what's happening right now. And of course, I lay out plans for the future and I, and I, I strive towards things. But I don't I don't set out plans as much as I used to in terms of like, okay, this has to happen at this time and then this needs to happen and then this and then this and then this in that order and nothing else will be acceptable. No, now I'm just like, okay, I have these goals and ambitions, but let's just see where it takes me. Let's see where this road leads. Let's not stress myself out in terms of like, you know, like what order it's going to go in. Let's let's just fucking uh, let's just keep going and, and and see what happens and and hope that we end up, you know, in a good place. Like that's just the way it is. But as long as I can look back and say I don't have any regrets or you know um, that I did everything I could or I did everything that I felt was right at the time, then what more can you do? And like even in years like twenty sixteen, I remember saying to this person like that was a great year, you know, in my memory in terms of like oh like you know with the friend group I was with at the time I was hanging out with them all the time but also that year like I spoke about my granddad earlier he was very sick that year and I wouldn't want to relive that so like in good years there was still bad moments and in bad years there were still good moments which is another reason why I wouldn't relive any year because even if it was like the most amazing year of your life there's still going to be you know traumatic not traumatic but you know potentially traumatic there was still going to be bad times in that year as well so, that's how I would answer that. I wouldn't relive any year. I live for the now. And that's what everyone else should be doing out there as well. There you go. I think that was one of my favourite answers I've given so far. And if that didn't inspire you, bloody hell, I don't know what will. Up next. Oh-ho! This is a very appropriate question for some of the new listeners for this show. Does your job make you happy? No, I hate it, and this is actually me formally handing in my notice. I'm joking. Yes, my job does make me happy. I'm obviously not going to disclose what company I work for. I'm obviously not going to disclose any of like that information. But what I will say is I've been in this job since October. And I was, funnily enough, in a job in the exact same building in Cork City. That's all I'm willing to say. I was upstairs. And... Uh, I just left college and I got this new job where I was working on the seventh floor of this building. 
And it was the first time in a while where I'd had a job where I was like, ah, Jesus, like these lads are great crack and whatever. There was a lot of lies told in that job, if I'm being honest. And I ended up leaving. And as you know, luck would have it, I'd end up joining a company working in the exact same building. And I remember before I started the job thinking, fucking hell, I hope I'm not with a bunch of dry shites. Because that's just the worry, like just working with boring people who just like have nothing interesting about them. Thankfully... I was given the complete opposite. I work with a great bunch of people um, with all different interests and backgrounds and, you know, personalities. And it's great. It's great. Does it have its moments where you're like, Jesus Christ, this is tough? Of course. But every job has that. I think it's great. I think the, uh, the management is run very well. The ownership is run very well. We've got great systems in place. We're told straight up, you know, this is what's happening be it good or bad and you know you never have to worry about where you stand with anybody it, it's it's literally told to you there and then which is great i think it it helps uh build relationships within the workplace so yes my job does make me happy it, it, it's it's a great job and there's great people and you know it, it's nice to take a bit of pride in your work as well not just in terms of projects that i do in my own personal time be it acting or you know, combat or, or whatever it might be, podcasting. I think it's great to take pride in what you actually do for a living and what you make money off of. And and I, I, I can say that like I've never dreaded going in any day. Like this, I won't lie. Like this week, I've had a few things going on. Not not at work, just you know in general. And I've been busy out, but there's been a few things going on in the background that I'm like, Jesus Christ, this has been a tough week. And sometimes when you have that, you're like, oh no, I gotta go to work today. And you feel kind of down about it. But I look forward to it. Because I, I get on well with everybody. We have a laugh. We take the piss out of each other. And it's great. So yes. I am in a job that makes me quite happy. Up next. Ooh. Ooh, okay, this will be a good one. What is your favorite memory? And there I was just talking about not looking back. Right, I didn't include the fine print in that because I can't remember what website I got that one off exactly. But what is your favorite memory? And in brackets, it was something along the lines of it can't be with a family member, friend or partner or something along those lines. And I will give you one of my favorite memories or probably my favorite memory, you know, that I can actually share a bit of audio with on here. So there is a wrestler called Sami Zayn who back in 2020 just... Two months after I made my debut, I actually had to ha- uh, got to have a virtual meet and greet with. And his match with Adrian Neville at NXT TakeOver or Evolution back in 2014. So this might be a surprise to some people. I-, I think people in the wrestling world are sick to death of me telling this story. But I will tell this to people who aren't aware of this. So despite being a huge professional wrestling fan, there was a period of time after WrestleMania 29 where I took a bit of a break. I was a bit burned out. The product wasn't amazing at that time. And I felt like I just wanted to, you know, watch some different things and, and, you know, take a break from something that I had never taken a break from in my life. So I took a bit of a break from watching wrestling for about a year. 2014 got me back in. Slowly but surely, I started getting back in. And then NXT TakeOver or Evolution, that show blew my mind especially with the main event between Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville, two men who I have both met, and I've been able to tell them both that their match made me fall back in love with wrestling after, you know, taking some time away. And here is the audio of me actually telling Sami Zayn about that moment. 
Uh, your match with uh, Adrian Neville at uh, NXT TakeOver Revolution. that match actually made me fall back in love with wrestling. I met him last year as well, so I just wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, man, thank you so much. That's actually one of my all-time favorite matches. I really, really appreciate that. Yes, I'm very aware that I sound like I'm shitting myself, but oh my God, that was that was a mix of nervousness and excitement, and Sammy was so fucking lovely. Uh, it was, a, honest to God, just such a pleasure to talk to him. And uh, yeah, that was a that was a cool AF moment. But speaking of AF, let's get another deep AF question. Here we go. Up next. Sorry for the dead silence there. Sometimes I forget that I need to keep filling the filling the silences there. If this was radio, I'd be hung for stuff like that. Are you more into looks or brains? I don't remember putting this question in, but fuck it, we're going to answer it anyway. Are you more into looks or brains? Okay. So, I'm going to say something, right? Now, listen. I'm not the best-looking chap in the world, right? I like to think I'm not the worst-looking, but I'm nowhere near the best-looking. I'm no David Beckham. I'm no Ryan Reynolds. I'm trying to think of other good-looking people. I'm no... Uh, people seem to like Tommy Fury I don't really get the appeal but whatever like I'm not a male model but I still am allowed to give an opinion on things like this if anyone out there says looks don't matter those people are liars you heard it here if you say looks don't matter in a relationship or when it comes to approaching someone, you are a bona fide liar. Because the first thing that attracts you to someone is how they look. They could end up being an absolute fucking twat, and you could go, okay, listen, they're they're the bee's knees, but they're also a fucking twat, and I don't want to go near them. That's fair enough. But to say that looks don't matter, and it's all about personality, and it's just about being nice... No, because then you'd be attracted to fucking 95% of the fucking population. Because I like to think most people out there are quite sound. And there is a loud minority of dickheads. That's how I like to to look at life. I might be wrong about that, but that's just the way I choose to look at it. And, yeah, like, do I go for more looks or brains? It's always nice to have someone who is, you know, smart. But I don't need someone to have, like, a PhD in fucking, you know some fancy science word that I can't think of right now because I'm thick of shit, which is going to totally defeat my point because what I was just about to say was I don't need someone to have a fucking... I don't need someone to be a doctor to to go, oh, yeah, I think that's, you know, attractive. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want someone who's thick of shit like me, you know, because I couldn't even think of a fancy term there. Like, what could you get a PhD in? You know what I fucking mean. PhD in biology. I don't know. Can you even get one in biology? I don't know. But... Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, I want someone who's attractive, but if they're, you know, no crack and they've got no personality, well, it's like, eh, whatever. Like, I think looks are what attracts you to someone, and then personalities and stuff, I think that's where you can almost kind of, that's where you can really, really fall for someone. That's kind of my view on it anyway. So I think they're both quite important, but looks definitely do matter. No matter what people say, looks do matter. And finally, the last question here is, how big is Batista's dick?
Right. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Straight Outta Cloyne. That part of the show probably confused a lot of people, but if you know, you know. Well, this was quite fun. I like doing episodes like this, because other than that, this week it would have just been a ramble with me talking about absolutely nothing and just completely making an absolute abomination of it. I was going to ask Alex to come on this week and have a chat, but uh, schedules wouldn't line up and whatnot. I'm quite busy. He's doing his thing, but we will be back again. Uh, Celtic Combat, that was something else I needed to address. That will be returning this weekend. I did have a bit of an issue with setting up the logo, which I'm still trying to fix, but even if there's no logo for the episode this weekend, we'll still get one out there, because there's been a lot of stuff happening in the world of combat, and after this weekend, after, you know, uh, Glover Teixeira and uh, Jamal Hill, and uh, what the hell is the other fight? Davis and Figueredo versus um, Brandon Moreno. Uh, that will be uh, that will be a very uh, fun episode to do. Stone Cold Steve Austin will be in the main event at WrestleMania. Oh, hell
drop of sweat, every drop of blood, every ounce of energy I have, you are going to get the absolute best of The Rock at WrestleMania. I need to beat you, Rock. I need it more than anything that you can ever imagine. There can be only one World Wrestling Federation champion, and that will be Rock Stone Cold Steve Austin. With all due respect. Check out my melody.